to Totalus Rankium. This week, Bacchus ground us. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperors Totalus Rankium, a show where we basically talk about the Roman Emperors and what we think of them. Yeah, um, if you have listened to the fantastic podcast Rex Factor, oh. you'll probably already know what to expect. We have talked to them and they very kindly let us steal their formula and we're going to have a look at all the Roman Emperors. We are going to go from all the way from Augustus to Augustulus and rate every single Roman Emperor. Straight away that's very confusing, Augustus or Augustulus. That pretty much sounds like the same person. Yeah, they're... We'll, we'll just have to work this out as we go that way. I'm sure. It'll be, it'll be fine. There, there are more in between, I'm sure. So every episode, we are going to look at one emperor, and then we're going to rate them out mm. of certain categories. We have got, first of all, Phytius Maximus. That's how, kind of, you know, were they good fighters? Do they manage their armies well? Do they conquer? We've got a Probium Crasium. How mad were they? Successus Ultimus. Were they successful in what they did? Were they good at leading people and armies and... Yeah, just generally, how good were they for the Empire? Yeah. yeah. And then we've got a couple of small categories. We've got Imagofacius. That's basically where we look at their um, their busts. Um, by busts, I mean <laughs> their, their carved marble heads and we just say how pretty they were. Yeah, we, we just judge whether we like the look of them, mostly. Very subjective. Um, that's how we like it. And then finally... Tempo completo. That's how long did they last? You know, because some of them have lasted years and years, and some have lasted about a day. Um, yeah, I think the shortest was like twenty-three days or something. Wow. Oh, no, it probably was shorter than that. Again, we will find out. Yeah, we we'll let you know. Um, and then finally, we decide whether they've got. Are you ready for the pun? Oh yeah, I'm ready. A certain Gene Caesar. Oh. There we go. That sounds like a cheese. That does, yeah. But yeah, so we decide whether they've got a certain something, and then they go into the Colosseum. So where at the end, we will fight all the ones that do have a certain Gene Caesar um, against each other, and we'll figure out which was yeah. the best emperor. And we'll give them a very, very gladiatorial and definitely historically accurate thumbs up or thumbs down, because that's what they did. Yes. That is what they did. Did they do the thumbs up? If it was good or bad, because I've heard both. Yeah, I've heard both. We'll have to watch Gladiator again and find out. <laughs> was that accurate? Definitely. Good. They good. spoke English as well. I'm glad. Right, so today's episode, which we are going to call Bacchus Groundus, oh, okay. um, we're just going to very briefly try and cover the history of Rome from the start, the mythological roots of Rome, all the way up to um, the fall of the Republic. Mm. That is a lot of history to cover in one episode, um, so we are going to be skimming a lot. Yeah. If you want to know more, listen to Mike Duncan's podcast, History of Rome, it's fantastic. Yes. And it goes through all of this in far, far, far <laughs> more detail than we will. And with a bit more of an expertise, I feel. Yeah, and probably fewer mistakes. Okay, well, shall we just dive right in? Yeah, I think so. So. I, I think the the because like I said I haven't got really a background in in well I I've never really found Rome that interesting to be honest until <laughs> which is a great way to kick it off but um, until I started researching this and it was actually really fascinating um, um, and and looking at how the sort of the, the the myth 
so the myths were kind of intertwined with potential history. Yeah, yeah, because the starts of Rome are shrouded in myth. Uh, the the sack of Rome by the Gaul, Gauls mm. later on meant all their history was wiped out. So yeah. we don't really know how the Romans started, um, but they had stories how they started. Um, so do you want to kick us off with the start yeah. of Rome then? So the idea of Rome is, well, as, as I understand it, and I'm going to pronounce these names really badly, there's a guy called uh, Aeneas. And he came from, from his Trojan, and it's so uh, a Greek area. And he came along with a load of Trojan refugees, and they landed on um, some uh, some hills um, near, just kind of south of uh, where Rome is now, kind of southeast of where Rome was. And they met the natives there, who they they called the, the Latins. And after a while, they landed there. They didn't obviously want them there very much. They started fighting a little bit. And after a while, you know, they settled uh, Aeneas and his clan, and they started to create a dynasty and uh, um, families and had children. And eventually they settled on an area they named Alba Longa. And eventually they had their king um, called King Procas. I'm going to call him Procas. I'm not calling him King P. King P. I think it might be Procas. 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 I don't know. Let's call him King P. I like King P. So it sort of works anyway. And and he was um, the, the myth goes that he was one of um, his ancestors, uh, Aeneas's ancestors. Um, so ancient Greece, well, ancient Rome certainly started as a almost like a Greek settlement. You could argue. I'm sure no no historian would ever say that, but <laughs> I'm not a historian, so it's fine. And eventually, um, Procas died. And his oldest son, Numitor, took over. I'm pronouncing Numitor, how are you pronouncing it? I was pronouncing it Numitor. Numitor, that's Although like the better. spell check turned him to numerator quite often when I was writing my notes. I call it numerator. Yeah. <laughs> so I found that he had a daughter called Rhea Silva. Yes. Good, her notes work. Yeah. She sounds quite Spanish. Just sound quite Spanish. Rhea Silva. Yeah. She was a virgin priestess. Mm. And, I love this bit, oh. she was pregnant, and apparently she was raped by the god of Mars, and one way that this was, this possibly happened was a phallus came out of a fire oh and impregnated her. That's amazing. Which, we get this story from Livy, and apparently he didn't really believe it himself, even Livy didn't believe that. So you get the idea of like a flaming sword, it's like a flaming phallus. A flaming phallus impregnates wow. her. Which is quite a, a good virgin birth story. That's fantastic. Like that. I mean, part of the myth of how she became pregnant and how she became priestess was due to the fact that when uh, Numitor was king, he had his uh, daughter and two sons, which was Rhea. Um, he had a, a younger brother called Amulus, who's very ambitious, and he actually wanted the throne. Um, so he um, basically imprisoned the two the two sons of um, well, he imprisoned Numitor, got rid of him, put him in prison. Um, and you didn't kill him, I'm guessing, because he didn't want the uprising to happen and people to go, no, let our king go. So you yeah, yeah. kill him. Um, and got rid of, and actually killed the two sons. He killed his uh, nephews, in a way. Uh, so they wouldn't become a threat later on. And that, and he actually made Rhea become a Vestal virgin. Oh, I see. I, um, did, I didn't find that. And all. Vestal was um, a god, the goddess Vesta. So basically, you remain a virgin, and if you didn't, there's like pain of death and or certainly punishment. Yeah, they, um, they very much death. They burn them alive. Oh yeah, yeah. That's was, a bit deathy. That's very deathy. One way to die. Yeah. Um, and of course, I think you know it's quite logical. If if I was if I wanted to get rid of a threat, you'd make someone take a vow of virginal 
Venus, so they wouldn't make suns, so you wouldn't get oh, that. Yeah, Unfortunately, like you said, she met Mars. She did well. Mars is phallus. Met her. Flaming phallus. Flaming phallus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she had twins, and this is where the story became familiar to oh, me. Yeah. So that gave birth to twins, and very much like sort of Moses' story. Yep. They had to be killed, so they took mm -hmm. them to the river um, in a basket. And apparently the river was flooded, so they just kind of put them near the river and hoped the river would do the job for and them. And the river, the River Tiber. River Tiber. And where's that? That's where Rome is. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Meant yeah. to be. So, um, did you find that a wolf came along and gave them milk? Yes, um, they were suckled by a wolf. Did you? Um, a she-wolf got did milk. Did you come across the idea that that is possibly actually a prostitute? Um, it, it certainly screamed of that slightly. Um, <laughs> not, not that the wolf was a prostitute, I hasten to add. That would be really weird. That would be very weird. But um, apparently the, the word Luna, which is wolf, mm. um, Lupus, yeah. is uh, slang, what well, was slang for a prostitute. So Livy <gasps> thinks that maybe actually it was just a prostitute came along and looked wow. after them rather than a wolf. That's interesting. Which would change yeah. all of those like statues quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you know a statue show when you're studying the Romans at primary school? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, yeah, so uh, and then so obviously the, the, the wolf was there, gave them milk, kept them going, um, but they were never found by a farmer and his wife. Um, or was the wife ooh. the prostitute, you ooh. see? This is one of the theories. Like, um, oh, what they called? Um, wet nurse. Yeah. So uh, perhaps they'd had children herself. Yeah, or... yeah, so maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually, um, they just, the farmer and the wife brought them up, right? See, this is where I, I think I skipped a bit in my notes. I've yeah. just got the twins helped to put Numitor, not numerator, back on the throne. Yeah, and and that's all happened through, um, from what I found, that um, the, uh, the they basically found out what happened to their father, who was still in prison after, you know, he's been in prison for now 42 years, um, eventually. Um, uh, and during that time, you like this, Rhea? Remember uh, the daughter, Vestal Virgin? Yeah. yeah. He, she was found out basically that she'd had the two sons, but from Mars, from the flaming phallus. Yeah. And was um, eventually imprisoned because of she broke her vow. She was punished. Oh, she was right, imprisoned. Okay. Yeah. But she was let out of prison by Tiburnius, the god of the river. So the twins, they grew up. Yes, they did, as twins do. As twins do, and then. They went back to where they were found and decided to found a city? To find a city? Mm -hmm. What's the correct tense there? Founded it. Founded it, a city. Founded. Yeah, they just, yeah, I can't get that right. But they <laughs> decided to make a city. Yeah. Um, but Romulus wanted to start on the Palatine Hill, mm, whereas yes. Remus wanted to start on the Aventine Hill. Yes. Now, this is the only bit of the story I really remember from primary education <laughs> um, is that the two twins were building their parts of the city. They got into an argument. Yeah. So Remus jumps over the wall and Romulus kills him, saying, so perish then whoever else jumps over my walls. Do you think that's sort of, he said that as in Richard III said, uh, a horse on a horse, my kingdom for a horse. And he probably didn't really <laughs> think, say it. Yeah, I think, well, I don't even think Did he, really... he was real. So yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> even more. <laughs> Good point. But, but the thing I got, and I still think this today, and I remember thinking this years ago, what were they doing? 
It's it's all very well just saying they were building walls, but just the two of them. It must have been very small water build over. And to jump over. I've just got this image of them playing in sand, <laughs> making <laughs> sand castles. <laughs> because I don't understand. I, if if they've got like a whole host of people, yeah. then you, you'd walk around the wall maybe, or yeah. but if it is just them, so I'm a bit confused. By well, that what's story. the point of wall if you can just step over it? Well, it's maybe over. it's half built. Yeah, there, there's, the there's something something very weird about that. Yeah, but I, I I've never seen anyone question that before. And because well, because they also got his dad back out of prison, they made him king again. His grandfather, well, his grandfather, sorry. Yeah. He became, and so was he just watching his two grandsons like jumping and play fighting over walls? And maybe going, this is it. Maybe why? they were still children. Maybe they got it wrong, and they were just playing in sound. I like that idea. Yeah, let's say that. Sound so, cakes. Right, but I mean, that's one of the origin myths. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said near the start, I also found out that um, Aeneas, the Trojan War hero, founded the city much before mm. that. And um, Roman historians try to marry these two stories yeah. together by saying that Romulus and Remus were descendants from Aeneas, or even I found one that um, uh, Odysseus actually founded Rome. I was about Hercules um, as well at one point. Had a son called Romus. So <laughs> there was, yeah, there's lots of different stories. Hmm. But the Romulus and Remus one, definitely mm. the most popular. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's certainly been used in modern things as well. I mean, uh, if you're any fans of Star Trek, yeah. there's uh, Romulans. Oh, it's all, it's yeah. all built on that. Um, they, they have the prominent uh, Romulus, and they have a the moon that orbits Romulus called Remus that's orbited by that's See, by the Remans. Popular culture. Pop, very popular. Very popular. Wow. Well, with Star Trek. Well, it's culture. Well. <laughs> Cult. <laughs> I think but, you've offended like at least three people there. <laughs> three Trekkies. <laughs> so Rome is then set up. Yeah. Um, Romulus, obviously not too bothered, he killed his nope. brother. No, no. And decides to start up his um, his city. Uh, so he invites anyone who wants to come along to go and live there. Vagabonds, slaves, exiles, refugees, criminals. All the good people. All the good people, yeah. Lots of men. Yes. And this was a problem. It's, yeah, at a sausage fest it's going to be a problem. <laughs> yes, it is. So they decided to um, invite the Sabines and the Latins, local tribes, they invited yeah. invite to a feast. Come and live here. Um, well, they invited them to come and live here. And yeah. Everyone went, no, it's just full of horrible people. So they said, well, come and celebrate some games with us. So we'd like to people... show off, you think? Yeah, yeah. So people went, oh, can't pass up a free meal. Yeah. So they came along. Halfway through, a signal was given, and all the Roman men abducted all the women Aww. and carried them off. And this is why, here's a little fact for you, yeah. you may not know, this is why we still carry women through the threshold today. Oh. What you're actually doing there is representing the rape of an entire tribe. Isn't that nice? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, um, and also, I did not know this at all, apparently wow. Seven Wives and Seven Brothers, you know the musical? Oh, Becky loves that, my wife loves that. Yes. Yeah, apparently that's based on the rape of the Sabine women. Wow, but so... I don't know the musical, so I'll Such a jaunty, yeah. happy thing. That's some fantastic choreography, not of the rape and pillaging, of the... <laughs> just da dancing generally on woodwork. Dancing. Yeah, I'm guessing there's, there's less rape and pillage. Definitely. Yeah. It's only PG. Right, so Livy, who writes about this, defended yeah. the actions. Apparently this is what you should do if you haven't got many women about. Just 
go and get some. And um, But the fathers and the brothers were outraged, so they marched on Rome and demanded that the women were returned. And this is the bit I find highly unbelievable. Apparently it was all the women went, no, don't fight, because if you fight, we'll lose our husbands and our fathers and our brothers. Which, I understand the don't fight, lots yeah. of people will die, but don't fight because they're our husbands now after they abducted oh. us and raped us. I mean, there are two ways you can look at that. You can look at that in terms of, well, it was a different time, maybe they have a different, yeah, you know, different mentality. Yeah, that's a good point. You shouldn't judge history on today's morality. Or you yeah. could argue that it was written by the people that won. You could do. Justifying yeah. their sort of, well... You know. it, it just reminds me of James Bond in the 70s. Oh, yes. You know, with yeah. the whole yeah. pussy galore. Oh, yeah. She wasn't too into it. Then she, really she was. Wasn't. Well, yeah, she had yeah. to be. Didn't have a choice. No, didn't have a choice, did she? Bond, naughty, naughty Bond. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> so there was peace. Yeah, there was peace. And then, well, we then go on to the next stage, in my notes anyway, Excellent. which is the Seven Kings of Rome. Ooh. So, see, I don't know anything about this. So I'm quite looking forward to this. Right. Well. If you get all of Rome history, right, you can split it into three parts. Yes. The kingdom, right, the republic, and then the empire. So the kingdom was when the kings were in charge, the republic when it was a republic, and the empire when the emperors were in charge. That makes sense. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Simple. Um, there were apparently seven kings of Rome. There probably wasn't seven kings of Rome. At it, the same time or No, 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 sorry, one after another. Okay. Romulus being the first. Okay. Um, but it's very unlikely there were only seven. Because I can't remember the number exactly, but if you look at it, they all, on average, ruled for about 35 years. Okay. Um, one after another. Yeah. Each. That doesn't happen. No. It just doesn't. So, yeah. um, there were probably more kings than this, but this is what the Romans um, told each other. So, <laughs> we haven't got time to go into, into it in detail, but I'm just going to quickly do a one-sentence overview of them. We've already talked about Romulus. Yes. Then we had Numa. He created most of the religious stuff. He created the pontifex, which we oh. still use pontiff today. Yes. So he created that the religious... Idea of the Pope. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. So he created the idea of the pontifex for being the religious leader. There's also a suggestion that he created the names of the months. Obviously not July and August, but the other ones. January. Yes, yeah, so well, January Jan and February. Janus, that was his Janus, was a two-headed yeah, yeah. guy. Yes. January and February were put in later. All right. Mars was the first month. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, which is why now September, March. The eighth month, March. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so September the set, which is um, the ninth month, hmm. sept being seven. Yeah. They got bunched along, bunched uh, along, moved along by the first that's two why months. October, yeah, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. At yeah. Or any of them. Really. No, any of them. November. Oh. December. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So then world. you had Tullus. He was. A warmonger. So you had Romulus, very warry, and then you had Numa, very peaceful, um, and then you had Tullus, who was very warry again. It sounds a bit warry, Tullus. Tullus. Tullus Hostilus is oh. the first name, or Hostilius. Do you think Hostilius? that was the name that given to us at the time? Hostiles named after him, or just well, again, I mean, these these kings are they're they're semi mythical, so it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Then you had. Um, uh, oh, you see, I, I've only ever seen this written down. I Ancus. think it's Ancus Marcius, Marcius, but it might be Ansus Marcius. Um, he was the founder of Ostia, the the famous port city uh, town near Rome. <gasps> Ancus, Anchor, port city. Anchor. Maybe that's a link. Anchor, boats have anchors. 
<laughs> Maybe it is. I like it. Then you have Tarquin the Elder. He Tarquin. Tarquin. Well, he came from a nearby city um, right. called Tarquinium. Oh. I'm going to guess because I've not got that written down. But he came from a nearby city with that name. In. Um, so Tarquin the Elder. He created the games and all the fun stuff. And then, I've got a bit more detail now, his um, wife heard of a story of a child whose head was on fire. That does happen. It does happen. I've seen it happen. If you can get a fiery phallus, why not a fiery head? Why not? So, um, and apparently, the reason why his head was on fire was not because of a hideous accident. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was because it was showing that um, he was going to go on to do great things. It was a prophecy. Ah, so his wife Metaphorical said, head on fire. Well, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it was just great fire. Don't have any good ideas. Yeah. No ambitions. <laughs> so his wife, very sensibly, said, adopt that child with the fiery head. Maybe it was just a redhead. Ooh, maybe. Yeah, like so adopt that child with the fiery head. Um, because you want to invite greatness in before it beats down the door. Which is quite sensible. If he's going to be great, why not make him your son and then he'll be great? Yeah, yeah. burn the house down. <laughs> yeah, just keep him near buckets of water at all times. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so his name was Servius Tullius in the end. Um, so And he, he became... A decent king, um, but then um, he died, <laughs> as people do. And then my favourite name, and I know I'm mispronouncing it because I prefer to mispronounce oh, it, Tarquinius Superbus. Oh yes, which obviously should be Superbus. Yeah, and he but even then, Superbus is also great. I like to think he revolutionised public transport. I think so. That's what he's known for. If I ever start my own fleet of buses, I'm going to call them Tarquinian Superbus. That's that's a fantastic name. Yeah. So Tarquinian Superbus, which I still love that. No, well. Superbus. Um, he wanted to do lots of great public works and build up the city. Oh yeah, maybe the roads as well. He worked people so hard that they killed themselves to stop <laughs> working, like an extreme strike. That's. I don't think you can strike any harder than you that. Can't can you can't strike harder than that. They just stopped. That's a hell of a union. <laughs> that is. So, um, Superbus, what do you do when you've got trouble with the unions? He rounded up all of their corpses and had them crucified. Just to make that extra point. Yes. It's. I mean, that's, that's further than even Thatcher went. I, I would say that probably goes slightly beyond what she did. Yeah, a little, not too far, but a little yeah, bit. Just that one step. Right, so then we get into the, the main story of, of Superbus. Is the, the, that wasn't the main one. No, 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 that's a, that's a little little bit at the start, a taster. Oh God, he's a monster. This is, he's the last king, and there's a reason why he's the last king, and it's the story of the rape of Lucretia. Now, Superbus's son and friends were arguing about whose wife was best whilst right. on a siege. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like two mates saying, my girlfriend's older than yours. Yeah, so one of them yeah. said, I've got a brilliant way to solve this. Oh. Let's all go back to Rome, and we'll just check out what they're doing. Right. And then we'll get to decide which one's the best. So off they trot okay. to Rome, and they went to inspect the women. And um, <laughs> It's like a like cruffs. <laughs> Possibly. And uh, apparently it wasn't just based on looks, it was also no. what they were doing. And they okay. found that most of the wives were having a great time because their husbands were off at war. But, mm. 
Um, one of the Ooh, wives, great Lucretia, was being the model Roman wife. She was at home, she was working hard, she was looking after the children, probably doing the washing up. Yeah. Can I say, I'd, judging from the, what this, like, what happens next is called the rape of Lucretia, I'm not, I'm not thinking this is going to end it's well. It's not going to end well. No. No, it's not. So Superbus's son falls, I hesitate to say love, in love. Lust. Lust is a better word. Yeah. He, 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 he wanted some. He did. Um, so several days later, and I love that, it wasn't there and then, it was, no. <laughs> I'll wait for a bit. And it, meditated. Yeah, definitely. It, he wouldn't stand up in court as an act of passion. No, no. No, that's definitely thinking. That's a bad, yeah. Yeah, he, he thought about it, and days later he wrote back to Rome, and he raped her. Oh. Yeah. Um, what a guy. Apparently, she, she put up a bit of a fight and said, no, this can't happen. It was only Good. when he said, I'm going to say that you were having an affair, so um, that she was more willing, though obviously not willing. Yeah, um, kind of had to accept it. Yeah, um, but she didn't want the shame. So, after, um, she tells her husband what happened and then killed herself because of the shame. Oh. Now, her husband's friend called, and you'll recognise this name, Lucius Junius Brutus. Brutus? Brutus, yes, an ancestor of the oh. famous Brutus. Wow. So from the Shakespeare play. From the Shakespeare play, yes. So Brutus um, vows to rid Rome of kings forever. Ah. And they do, and we haven't got time to go into all the details of exactly mm. how, but Brutus gets rid of the last king, which is why, in the future, Brutus is held up as being the person who needs to get rid of Caesar. Because Caesar was trying to make himself king. He feels that like he's, he's like his like his ancestry dictates that he should do this. Exactly. That so pressure. there we go. So that was the wow. period of the kings of Rome. Then oh. the next part that I thought was important was mm. the sack of Rome. Because Ooh. Roman history is bookended by two sacks. <laughs> Literal? Oh yeah, in the case of just not not a sack full of stuff, but two sacks. You've got two sacks of Rome near the start and near the end right. two bags. Um, by barbarian hordes. Now this first yeah. one, uh, according to Livy, happened in 390 BCE. So the Senones approached Rome and defeated a Roman army near Veii. Now that is a, a very nearby city to Rome that Rome had just conquered. Right. And that was the first major accomplishment of the, okay. the martial Rome, is they managed to conquer their neighbour's city. It's like their so, first point. Yeah. First it's, notch on the bedpost. Yes, definitely. So they, they'd... Um, the Roman army were um, defeated, shockingly. They, they thought they were the bee's knees, wow. and all of a sudden these Gauls come along and just defeat them. So people in the city hmm. panic. They start fleeing. That's not something you envision, do you? You think Rome is this all-conquering, will dominate the Mediterranean? Yeah, it, was, so. it, it was early days, and this is it. This is it's why it shocked them, and why, mm. it, hundreds of years later in Caesar's time, um, they're still really scared of the Gauls until Caesar goes and... They've built this mythical... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're these big, hairy people. <laughs> um, so, people in Rome um, run or hide. They're their choices. <laughs> they run or hide. Some leave Rome and some go up the Capitoline Hill. Now, the Gauls, I love this, are so shocked how easy it was that they don't dare enter the city because they think it's a trap. So they wait a whole day before going in, and I can imagine them all just sort of peering around the doors, going, yeah. is anyone here? <laughs> Hello? Is this a trap? Um, 
I saw the idea of like the Ro- like Roman household just hiding under tables. They just heard news like six months ago. Oh my god, let's hide. Well, one story I love this is <laughs> um, one person who decided to flee got all his belongings right. and his wife and his children on a cart and started to flee. Um, but then came across a Vestal Virgin <gasps> from Vesta. Yeah, we've heard about them. Yeah. So. He chucks his wife and children off the cart <laughs> so we can take oh. the Vestal Virgin away. Obviously, oh now, the idea of the story is putting the country above family, but on modern ears, it just sounds that, like, it's like, sorry, I know we've been together for 35 years, and I know we've got little Jimmy yeah. and little Jenny, but yeah. we've got a young Daddy. virgin there. And yeah, young, young, <laughs> young virgin. <laughs> and she needs my help, so. Yeah, I, I want to help her out. Yeah. So we're going to take the car and all that stuff. That's just a bad <laughs> we're excuse. Gonna, we're going to leave you to the goals. Daddy, yeah. don't leave. I love so, you, Daddy. I, I like that story. It made me chuckle. So the the goals move in, the Sinones move in, yeah. and it just turns into a prolonged siege. It lasts for ages and ages and ages, and slowly everyone's becoming more ill, and there's well, yeah, they can't yeah. get clean stuff. Yeah, no yeah, food. it's it's not good. The conditions are awful. The Romans hiding up the Capitoline Hill are, are starting to starve. All the Gauls are not used to the weather, the climate. They're, they're starting to get ill. Um, it's hot for them, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Mediterranean summer. So, um, desperation, the Romans send one person out to go and get help. And he scales down the hmm. cliff, the secret way down the cliff. But one person. the Gauls notice this. So they plan to go up the cliff and surprise attack, but... So it's a lot easier to come down than go up. It is. Especially when the cliff has a special guardian. Ooh. Do you want to guess what saves the Romans? Uh, is it like the god of oil or something? No. Oily ropes? It was the geese. The what? The geese. Geese. Yeah, that's very sad. Yeah, I'm very they, they were they were special geese. They weren't just geese around. They were geese that are used um. in ceremonies. And the geese <laughs> panicked, seeing all the the hairy gulls. May or may not have been hairy. In my head, they're hairy. Yeah, they gotta be. Um, and uh, yeah, so the Romans were um, alerted and they started attacking. Oh, so the geese didn't like attack them. They just like honked no, a bit. No, no, oh, that honk, would be even better. No, they just alerted. Danger honk. It wasn't like a geese attack. Geese rebellion. They're quite vicious though. They can be. So maybe they joined in. It's hard to say. So, <laughs> so geese defend uh, Rome defended by geese. Yeah, um, it's not the first time poultry is in my story today as well. Oh, so fantastic. you can look forward to the next one. Um, eventually, they came to agreement. Both sides were bored of this by now. So <laughs> Rome decided yeah. to pay the Gauls to leave, which they just paid them. Seems a lot easier. Well, this is it. They. According to Livy, they paid a thousand pounds of gold, and so all these this scale was pulled out so they could weigh the amount yeah. of gold. But the Romans noticed that the scales were rigged, so the Romans started complaining. And I've got a quote here: Brennus, the Sassoni, Brennus, the S- S- Brennus, the Sinoni leader, right, third time of saying that. Chucked his sword onto the scale, further tipping the balance, and oh. said, "Woe to the vanquished." Yeah, that's that's almost so 
so big that I don't yeah. even understand it. Yeah, it was all the Romans just went, oh. So they had oh. to pay up more than a thousand pounds. Now, according to Livy, Camillus, um, the guy who, the person who came down the cliff ran off to fetch. Yeah. He came back and saved right. the day, and in the end they didn't lose anything. That's good. But, is that true? Probably not. Probably not. That is probably Livy making the Romans sound better. Yeah. It probably was a case the Gauls eventually just left. Yeah. So after we can't, being paid. We can't be solid anymore. But it's hard to tell. Right, now this marks the start of modern history. Not to us, no. obviously, but to the Romans. Before yeah. the sack of um, Rome, it's in the past. Like the Dark Ages. The Dark Ages. Roman Dark Ages. And it's also a, a, a clear marker for us because this is when it stops being mythical and we can actually start accessing records. So, so there's evidence of this. Yeah. So everything from this it's part more on solid. is There's clearer. evidence. We can yep. look back at it and go, this probably happened mm. rather than this clearly probably didn't. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, everything so far just sounds no. like a story, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, well, I, I don't know. Flaming phalluses. Well, yeah. Like, occasionally. Mars. I mean, sometimes it's hard to move for flaming phalluses. That's true. When you're walking home. So Flaming heads as well. Flaming heads. Geese. Honking geese. Well, no, they, that's clearly... Something mythical. Yeah. I've never seen a goose. Right. So, over the next few hundred years, yeah. the Roman political scene changes slowly. Ooh. It's now a republic, and you've got okay. the patricians. They're the leading class. Ah, yes. And you've got the I've plebs. And we still use the word plebs today. The plebs just... Yes, meant... politicians, certainly. <laughs> yes, when they shouldn't. <laughs> um, so... The, the plebs were basically everyone else. The patricians were descended from the families that were around during the Seven Kings. Yeah, so they're the ones with the power and the money, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're the ones with power and money. But over time, some of the plebs get money. Which so, they shouldn't. <laughs> according to the patricians. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, so you got, over time, rich, powerful plebeian families and rich, powerful patrician families, but the patricians mm. had most of the power yeah. because they're the ones who built the, the structure. They were the ruling class. Yeah, so they've got a historic sort of, I deserve this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Very much the snobs. Slowly over time, the rich plebs were able to wrestle some power right. of the, off, off the patricians. Good. It's a, it's a long, complex story. Mm. We can't go into it. But eventually, something called the Tribune of the Plebs were elected yearly. The tribunes had the power, not to begin with, but eventually to veto any um, proposed laws. So they had okay. significant power. They could just say, nope. That's almost, almost, not quite, but almost democratic. Yeah, it's almost. Like a veto power. Yeah, yeah, so the veto power was very powerful. Unfortunately, and we'll go into it later, it did cause quite a bit of violence. Because <laughs> yeah. when yeah. one person says, oh, I don't think so, and everyone else is saying, yeah, we do, mm. temper's afraid. Yeah, because you're going to get that one guy, aren't you? You are. You're going to get that Jeff, aren't you? Yeah. Jeff saying, nah, no. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Why not? <laughs> well, it's what do you know? It perfect sense. We just want to... Yeah, I'm not sure what they'd do. Damn Jeff. Jeff, he's, he's like that, isn't he? Yeah. Right, so, the only other thing I feel I should mention, because it will be important, um, is the consuls. So the consuls were mm. the leaders. Yeah. There were two of them. Every year, two consuls were elected, so they're the highest office in Rome. They were the ones right. to rule the country, um, but mainly, at that time, they run, ran the armies. 
so the armies yeah. were what the consuls dealt with. They also were in charge of everything. But it shows how martial Rome was, that yeah. their leaders were essentially the leaders of the army. But they were elected every single year. So this meant mm. continual campaigning from yeah. the patricians. Eventually, the plebeians won the right that they could become consuls as well. But before we carry on with that, yeah, the Punic Wars. <gasps> oh, can, can I can I just interject here slightly? Yeah, you know you know when you you know because we sort of discussed how this is going to run and we you know we will talk about this we'll talk about this in the yeah, first episode, yeah. and you kind of sent a message to me via a messaging service and said yeah we're going to do the Seven Kingdoms, we'll do the sack of Rome, we'll discuss the Pubic Wars, and to be honest. I was horrified. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it didn't mean I didn't mean to say pubic. No. Pubic wars are something very different. It's very scary. War. It's a very scary war. Um, but they didn't do that. No, it was Punic because yes. the word Phoenician. Ooh, I've heard of that. No, yes. I haven't. Um, it's because it was a war between Rome and Carthage. Now Carthage was the other major power in the Mediterranean at yes. the time. It's not as well known now, but if Carthage had won the Punic Wars, we'd be doing a podcast about the Carthaginian empires, emperors right now. Mm. They were the other big one. And it was basically a battle of who comes out on top. So, by this point, Rome had managed to take over the rest of Italy. Okay. They're pretty much on the leg of Italy, covering most of it. Carthage, however... Rome rules. ...had... Um, all the major coastal cities in North Africa, from modern Libya west, all of the south of Spain, mm. and part of Sicily. Okay. So, uh, islands in the Mediterranean. It was a big empire yeah. at that point. At the time, yeah. So the first, there are three Punic Wars. The first one was between 264 BCE to 241 BCE. If you want to work out how long that was, you can. But yeah. I'm not going to. Almost 20 years, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was a long one. Um, and it's all about the island of Sicily. Okay. Well, so it's quite strategic. It's very strategic. Yeah. Uh, that, that island, if you want to move around the Mediterranean, you're going to go past Sicily. And also, it created a lot of grain. Mm. So it was a really good place to get um, food. Yeah. So it was an important island. Economic. So most of most of the battles were actually naval battles around Sicily and some on Sicily itself. Rome started strong, but they were defeated in the naval battle of Lipari Island, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, basically, Carthage were very good at sea. The yeah. Romans were very good on land. They didn't have a navy. They didn't know how to sail. No. But Romans being Romans decided... To build a navy. Well, did it anyway. Yeah, they did it anyway. A so can-do attitude. It is a can-do attitude, and that's what the Romans have, a can-do attitude. That and a secret weapon. Huh? You're going to like the secret oh. weapon. Is it geese? It's not geese. Ah, oh. Nothing to do with, with birds at all. Damn. Let me give you a clue. At that time, right. naval battles were all about ramming ships into each other. Rams? No, not sheep. rams. Not sheep. Oh. So the boats would get their pointy end. I'm sure yeah. that has a name. The pointy bit. The pointy bit, yeah. thank you. And they ram the not pointy bit. Right, the, the flat bit. The flat bit. Right. And break the other ship. As you would. As you would. Yeah. Uh, the Romans weren't very good at steering their ships because they were new, but they invented <laughs> this new secret weapon. Ooh. And it was a plank of wood with a nail in it. Oh. 
It's yeah. genius. It is genius. It was called the Corvus. It was a little bit more sophisticated as what yeah. I'm implying. <laughs> it was a big plank of wood. <laughs> With a big nail. <laughs> With a big nail. <laughs> it was upright on the ship. And when they pulled alongside another wait, ship... Wait, wait, wait. That, that's... No, because boats aren't up there. No, that can't work. And upright is pointing to the sky. Yeah, yeah, it's pointing to the sky. That can't ram... No, it's not ramming. This is the point. They'd oh. go alongside another boat, which the Carthaginians didn't mind too much because they weren't about to be rammed, and then yeah. they'd lower what was essentially a drawbridge. The nail on the end hooked it onto the other ship. The Romans could run across the plank of wood and turn it into a land battle, which My they God. Had. It was the first plank. So That's brilliant. It was brilliant. It's sort of using their strengths. It's like, we're, yeah. we're awful at sea battles. Like They've got pointy pokey bits we had lots of flat bits so we'll use a pointy pokey bit in a different way that Let's i believe lower the pointy bit down was it's probably verbatim of what was said in their planning strategy <laughs> meeting i think that's exactly what they came it up with it must have been yeah it, it was really good that's it genius. won the battle but it was it was a one trick pony as soon oh. as the carthaginians figured out what these planks of wood were, they just avoided them, so it didn't really work <laughs> again. away. Yeah, so, but... I'm not Enya. It, it was good. It was a good ruse. So, eventually, Rome won the First Punic War. They just, I'm just, they just out-fought them, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was a long, bitter struggle, but this, Rome realised this was the point they could strike. They went over to Carthage, and... They got all the way to the gates of Carthage. Mm. Carthage were about to give in. In fact, Carthage did give in. Oh. They sent envoys out and said, we surrender. But the Roman general at mm. the time was so full of himself, <laughs> he offered such harsh terms that the Carthaginians realised there's no point giving in. They might as well just go back because the terms were so ridiculous, it made no difference. Mm. So the Romans kind of threw it away. They, they just were a bit more lenient they went the Carthaginians above. would have given in. Yeah. So the envoys went back, and they... I, I love this bit. Hmm. They got together, and they obviously had a brainstorming meeting. What do you do? And someone said, we need to go for help. Now, uh, who would you ask for help for fighting in the ancient world? Um... Think of a popular film from... I don't know, about seven, eight, nine years ago now. Okay. Full of fierce fighters. <gasps> yes! Who the is it? Spartans! The Spartans, yeah! Oh, the Spartans. They went to the Spartans for help. Well, you would. You would. They were awesome. No armour. No armour. Six packs were armour. Yes! Their six packs were armour. That's all they needed. That's all they needed. Just armour and... Testosterone. I'm guessing they saw the film and realised we need some of those guys. Yeah. They fought monsters and all sorts. Yeah. So Xanthippus, the Spartan general. Oh, can you say that again? Xanthippus, spelled with an X. Yeah, it's a good name. Wow. So Xanthippus um, was called for, probably on some kind of red telephone hotline. Yeah. It's probably got an office. Or was it like Batman style? I I'd like to think so. Like a big X in the sky. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Big X, Corpus Anthippus. Yeah. And that's a brilliant company to start up. 
if we get a time travelling machine, we could just go back and just go yeah. to the rescue. That's what we'd need. We'll recruit Xanthopus. Because yeah. he was good, as right. you'll find out. He Hi, Zanny. arrived at Carthage, hmm. took one look at the Carthaginian army, and realised actually there's nothing wrong with the army at all, it's just the leaders were incompetent. Hmm. So we took them to one side, right. took command, yeah. walked out of the walls. The Romans thought we won't lose against Carthaginians on land. <laughs> Little did they know. They'd obviously not seen the film mm. 300. Oh, clearly not. They lost. In the end, 12,000 Romans died and only about 800 Carthaginians. It was a complete rout. So, however, right. Carthaginian leaders, worried about success of the Spartans, sent him packing more for them. More for Because them. the war wasn't over yet. No. If they kept him, maybe the Carthaginians would have won. Right, and now the last story about the First Punic War. We, we're back to the poultry. Next. Oh, yeah. geese. I'm guessing it's not geese this time. I'm, I bet you've heard this story before. Um, Claudius Pulcher, <gasps> a Roman general, led a fleet and took the auspices. Now, that's when you, you did something to see if the gods favoured you. Right. In this case, it was the sacred chickens. Oh. Yes. If the chickens ate before a battle, all right. was good. If not, wait a day, then feed them again. <laughs> and apparently, yeah. this was a good way of saying if you could fight a battle. They're very cocksure there, aren't they? Oh, that is good. Mm. Well done. We need to put a little <laughs> sound in there. You see, this isn't the Punic Wars, it's the Punic Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. This is brilliant. This is podcast gold. So, in this case, the chickens didn't eat. So, Claudius Pulcher cried, If they are not hungry, maybe they are thirsty. And then he threw them into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think, what I'd do. <laughs> yeah. You so. can just tell, right, chickens, you're not doing what I want you to do. <laughs> Guys, it kill you? We've been through this. When I give you the grain, you eat the grain. Not eating the grain? <sighs> kill them. <laughs> so, you won't be surprised to learn this. The Romans lost that battle. Oh, Obviously, because no. he killed off the chickens. No. But, overall, um, the eventually, it turned into a war of attrition in the end. Yeah. There was only one general for Carthage left on Sicily called Hamilcar. Mm. And eventually, he had to give up. But he had a son. Hamilcar had a son. Had a son called Hannah. Can't. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> the second Punic War, 218 BCE to 201 BCE, was fought mainly in Sicily, Italy, and Spain, and is famous for Hannibal. Oh! So this is where Hannibal comes in. Yes. He I've crossed the Alps on his elephants. No. Yes. You can't... Uh, elephants don't climb mountains. <laughs> well, these ones did. So he surprised all the Romans by attacking from the north in 218 BCE. He lost a lot of men and a lot of elephants and the siege engines crossing, but he got across. <laughs> and because he did it, the Romans... Yeah. Um, they only had their rear guard left in Italy because they were off fighting in Sicily and Spain. Yes. That so makes Hannibal sense. comes in through the top. He's able to cause havoc. Hannibal havoc. Hannibal havoc, as only Hannibal knows. Um, there were a series of huge defeats for the Romans. This is mm. the Romans in their 
darkest hour. Yeah. They, it's a disaster for them. The most famous battle is Cannae in 216 BCE. Mm. And this becomes the worst defeat for the Romans in yeah. pretty much all their history. There's one towards the end that's about as bad, but this one is awful. Apparently mm. between 40,000 and 70,000 men in one afternoon died. Wow, that's a lot of men. That is about 100 every single minute. Oh, that's brutal. This is before machine guns. That is an insane amount. It was just devastating. They must be supposed to be like... It's like, yeah, it's like, we're dying. Keep throwing more men. But they're dying. Throw more men. Well, the Roman leadership were not very good Mm. at this time. And Hannibal was clever. He wasn't using brute force. He was using cunning tactics. um, And he was tricking the Romans... Or left, right, and centre. Yeah. They were losing battles all the time. Until Fabius comes along. Ooh. You might have heard of Fabius. <gasps> no. Oh, wait, you might have do still, even though you might not realise. Because okay. I, I had an oh, really moment. Okay. His policy, hmm. it was not liked by the Roman people. Right. But it worked. Ooh. And it was avoid battle at all costs. He realised <laughs> Hannibal was far better than they were, so... Don't fight him. He had the smarts. He had the smarts. And that, to this day, is called Fabian Tactics. Oh, yes! Yeah, see? You have heard it. So, he saw how Hannibal fights. He wanted no part of it. No. So he decided to let the Carthaginians wear themselves out. That's clever. For 16 years, the armies chased each other around Italy, outmanoeuvring each other. Neither of them able to deliver a killing blow. Okay, that is dedication. That is dedication. I can't even begin to imagine that. In the very first battle, when Hannibal came down from the mountains, there was a young teenager called Scipio in that battle. He was the son of one of the generals. Right. By the end of the battle, he is the hero of the war. Because he's now 16 years older. And he's the other famous leader in this war. Scipio, and he becomes Scipio Africanus when he defeats Carthage in Africa. He was the opposite of Fabius. Fabius was very set in his ways, Mm. old school. We're just going to be sensible. Scipio Africanus, long hair, charisma. He was the rock star of... Ancient Rome at the time. He's the Fonz. Maybe he was the Fonz. He was just... He was cool, dare I say it. He's like the 60s. Yeah, he was... And he was just, hey guys, let's let's just go and attack him. Yeah. What are we scared of? Let's just go for it. So, he convinces the Senate, eventually, again, Mm. long story, but he does it, to go and invade Carthage himself. And they reluctantly agree, but don't help him too much. But off he goes, to North Africa. Right. The Carthaginians panic and order Hannibal to return to defend the city. So after 16 years, Hannibal, Mm -hmm. after losing an eye, (laughs) which he did in a swamp, I think, um, (laughs) it was just an infection, it wasn't like an arrow or anything, it was not not pretty. So he goes back um, to defend, and in the Battle of Zama in 202 BCE, Scipio won, and the Carthaginian Empire was reduced just to the city-state forevermore, until the Third Punic War. In 19... Sorry, 19? That's modern. In 149 BCE to 146 BCE, it's the Third Punic War. Now, this is the smallest of them. Yeah. Um, This was essentially... um, Carthage was left without an army. Carthage started building an army. The Romans went, Mm. no. Yeah. 
And then went and sieged. Um, And after three years, um, they managed to defeat the Carthaginians, and Carthage fell. Good. Cato, the the elder, not the famous Cato, while he was famous, um, but I think the grandfather of the the more famous Cato, (laughs) apparently at the end of everything he said in the Senate for years was, and I also think that Carthage must be destroyed. Didn't matter what he was talking about, he just said that at the end of every single sentence. Oh, that's boring. It's boring, but it worked, because eventually they decided to go and take them on, and they they took them down. So Carthage (laughs) ruined it. They systematically burnt it down for 17 days until there was nothing left. It's brutal. It is brutal. Um, So then Rome is the undisputed power in the Mediterranean. So now we enter the last stage that I looked at. Um, yeah. which is the downfall of the Republic. Yes. Now, up until this point, right. Rome was fighting enemies. But after this point, it's all internal struggle, because they don't have any more enemies. Like, <laughs> They've just wiped them out. Yeah, essentially. I mean, there's other places to invade, but there's no one big enough to f- fight against them now. Now that Carthage is gone, <clears throat> they're, they're there, they're king of the hill. Yeah. Right. So we're going to look at the downfall of the Republic by looking at just some individuals. The first are the Gracchi brothers. Now, in 133 BCE, right. Tiberius Gracchus <laughs> um, became Tribune of the Plebs. So I've mentioned Tribune of the Plebs. Mm-hmm. They're the ones yeah. that can... Vote! Veto. veto. Yes. veto. Yeah. So they're the ones that can veto things, but they can also yes, they can. propose laws as well. And his plans were to do something about all those poor people dying all the time, yes. all that time by giving them some land. He wants to take land off the rich and give to the poor. Oh, he's um, he's like... He's you know, Robin Hood. Guy. Yeah, he's Robin Hood. He's Robin Hood. Um, he's Robin Plebs. Robin Plebs, but not Robin Plebs. No. No, the patricians thought they, he was robbing them. He's Robin Patricians. He is. Not Robin Hood. So the Patricians... Robin Pats. Beat him to death and throw him in the <laughs> As you would. As you would. I mean, it's it's how it goes today, when the Lib yeah. Dems came out and they had to decide who was who. We we mm. beat Nick Clegg to death and chucked him in the river. We did. That's what we, we did. did. It's what you do. So, um, Power to the people. So then his brother um, became a Tribune. His name was Gaius Gracchus. Mm. His story is essentially identical. He tried to give the poor people land, so they beat right. him to death and threw him in the river. Those people. Yeah, it's it wasn't good. They're not very nice, are they? It's like the, I, the, I'm patricians, land. the patricians aren't very nice in this case. Um, mm. But the reason why I'm telling you about the Gracchi brothers mm. is this is when violence to achieve political ends really starts. Uh, Violence becomes a norm uh, in politics after this point. Before then, mm. certain boundaries were held. So, it all gets very violent. The next two people to note are Marius and Sulla. Have you heard of those two? Mari- oh, I've heard of Sulla. Heard of Sulla. Right, Marius was the elder of the two. He was a new man. Yeah. A novus homo. New oh, man. New man. He... That meant none of his family were um, was consuls. A a, was a bit of a, like, see Marius now just sounds like a metrosexual, you know, highly kept, trimmed beard, almost a bit of a, a hipster. I know he wasn't really like that. Really? No, he wasn't. He 
he was 50 when he became consul to begin with. That's he ideal was, for hipster age, though. He was way past what was considered ideal age to right. rise to a bit power. Elder. He, yeah, he was. Um, but he was a bit of a military genius. So when he did rise, eventually, because the patricians don't like new people coming in. No, especially um, hipsters. So when he rose to the top, um, he managed to make a lot of changes. Um, and to begin with, he had a subordinate called Sulla. And they both okay. fought in North Africa against the Numidian king Jagartha. Right. And Maris was in charge. Sulla went off. Mm-hmm to um, try and abduct Jagartha, Jagartha by talking to Jagartha's father-in-law and trying to convince him to betray Jagartha. So Sulla goes off on his Unhanded. own, behind enemy lines, yeah. talks to the father-in-law. The father-in-law might have turned around and said, no, I'm giving you to my son-in-law. It was right. a dangerous mission. But Sulla achieves it, kidnaps, or is given, Jagartha, <laughs> and then yeah. goes back and wins the war. But Marius is in charge, so Marius claims all the credit. Ooh. Sulla, not too happy He's about not going to be well chuffed, is he? He's not well chuffed. Those two don't see eye to eye much very often after that. No. Now, there's a loads of great stuff about these two, but we're just going to gloss over their careers <laughs> by saying the two progressed in politics. Marius becomes consul six times, five times in a row, which you shouldn't be able to do, but he does no. it. Um, no, you can't do that um, in America, can you? No. Uh, well, back then, you had if you were consul, you had to wait ten years before becoming consul again. Yeah. But they were so worried about um, barbarian invasion, yeah. and they recognised that Marius was such a military genius, they kept voting him in again and again, going, they're going to come was, and attack us easier. soon. Yeah. Fear. Fear kept him in power. Yeah, the fear kept him in power. Oh, do you think, like, in modern mentality, do you think he'd do that to keep himself in power? So, like, if you don't keep voting for me, you're just going to get invaded? Well... Possibly. There could have been an element of that, certainly, but there was no denying the fact that there was a huge horde of barbarians pop. actually descending on it. Okay, so it was very real. <laughs> okay, but seriously, vote for me. Yeah. I'm the only one that can save you. We'll uh, die. But I mean, this huge horde of barbarians did bypass Italy and didn't invade straight away. They took longer to get to Italy than they thought, but they were on their way. And eventually, Marius, um, with the help of very slowly um, on their way, then yeah, crawling on the way. With the help of Sulla, and with the help of um, various other people, they beat the barbarians back, and they saved the day. It's all good. Oh, that's good. Then, there was civil strife. We call it the social war, not because it's anything to do with society, but the Sociae tribe revolted in Italy, Um, so there was almost civil war. Um, between certain parts of Italy because some parts said we want yeah. full Roman citizenship and right. Rome went no, again the patricians went no you can't have it. Are ah, you not rich enough, you're not posh yeah, enough. Yeah, you're not, not Roman enough basically. Yeah. Um, You've got it was beards. stupid of the patricians, they didn't have a leg to stand on, they were going to get citizenship but they fought them anyway Marius by this point is an old man um, and Sulla has grown into a great general he wins the grass crown Ooh. Heard of the grass crown? Is that like a crown made out of grass? It is a gra- crown made out of grass. Yes. It's the highest prestige a uh, military commander can get. Oh, wow. Their army has to give it to them. It's not voted okay. for by anyone else. Well, On good. the battlefield, if one man mm. has saved the entire legion mm. just through his own actions, yeah. they're given the grass crown. Wow. 
I guess because they're voted in by the people, that means a lot more. You know, they're they're yeah by they're the, colleagues the, almost. Yeah, their it's, peers. It's, it's a huge thing. If you've got one great. of these things, you get to wear it for the rest of your life. People have to stand up and applaud Ooh. you every time you go to an official event. Moldy brass clown. I think they they preserved it and then wore a replica. Yeah, I was going to say maybe they made some sort of made it out of something yeah, else. Yeah, but I it, I think the idea was you try and preserve wow. that original because the grass was the grass from the battlefield that wow. they'd weave into a crown. That's so, awesome. And I love the fact that it's this idea of just grass. Yes, yeah, so it's simple. the highest thing that they could obtain. So Sulla wins this, wow. and he he's chuffed to bits, as you, as as you, you could yeah. understand. He's 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 right pleased with himself. Marius less so. Ooh, he's not too happy. He's he old. Jealous. There's some suggestions that he's suffering from some kind of mental illness or strokes or something at this time. There's an idea that his health is not perfect. So Marius the Hipster is older now. He's not happy. He's not happy. Perhaps no. feeling a little bit jealous. Yes. Maybe. His his, his son is setting. Oh, that's quite where poetic. Su- where he's Sulla, nearly dead. Where Sulla's son is rising. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. In fact, I believe there is a quote like that around them, but I can't remember what it is. Sunrise, sunset. Uh, then, Mithridates, heard of him? That sounds Greek. It's off where modern-day Ch- uh, Turkey is. Ah, which is it's the Pontus Empire. All right. And Mithridates is a fascinating man. No time to go into him, but if you, anyone listening, find out more about him, he is amazing. He quite a posh name, Myth. Is Mithras. He had so deity. he yeah. ate and drank so much poison in his life <laughs> to become immune to the poison. It, 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 what? That it, it, when it, he finally tried to kill himself using poison, he couldn't. He was immune to it. I, so he had to get <laughs> someone to run him through with a sword. I was going to say, I love the fact they also do it with swords. Yeah. It's like, he's trying to practice with a big long, like a short sword, and it's like, <laughs> I'm going to make myself immune to this, <laughs> run himself through, and yeah. oh, damn, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it would have worked with that. But yeah, he, he's a really interesting guy. He lived for a d- ridiculous age. He was a thorn in Rome's side for a very long time. How come? What did he do? He was just very good at um, too killing good. Romans. Oh. <laughs> in fact, at one time he um, ordered that on one particular day, every Roman or anyone related to a Roman in his entire empire had to be slaughtered. And managed wow. to keep that order secret from Rome until it happened. Rome weren't even sure if it was really true because it was such an efficient just bang, they're all dead. He Didn't was me. Yeah, it was a gruesome thing. He was he was a, a nasty man, but a fascinating man. Um, so anyway, the Romans decide they best go and sort him out. Yeah. Who do you send? The old man who is ill, or the person who's just one of grass crown? Okay, I think it's a trick question. I think I'm supposed to say, well, of course they're gonna send Sulla, but I think they sent the old guy. No, they did send Sulla. Okay. They weren't crazy. <laughs> but Sulla didn't like this, and he managed to get a tribune of the plebs, see it keeps coming back, uh, um, to veto. Ooh! And so he so, used that for himself. Yeah, That's exactly. good. That's so he managed to get um, someone to... Um, <gasps> Tribunal. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> so he managed to get um, someone. Sulla had already left by this point. He's still right. in Italy, but he's gone to start raising his army. Okay. So he's got his army about him. They're all about to get on the ship. They've all packed their toothbrush. Um, and suddenly <laughs> someone comes along and goes, Wait! Marius has, said, has got a tribune of the plebs called Superchius to stop you. Marius is now in charge of the army. Ooh. You're not going to like that, are you? No. Yeah. So Sulla... 
And this is the important bit. This is why we're talking about them. Does what no one has ever done before. No one expects this. Does he... I'm trying to think something really wacky here. I'm, get, I'm, I'm guessing it's something not silly. It's gonna be, he's going to cause... Is he going to kill? Kill? Kill no. Marius? No, well, he's going to try to. <gasps> he marches on Rome with his army. Ooh! Yeah. What a, he's, he's not a goal. He's not a goal. No one's expecting oh, him to no. do that. He, he turns to all his generals and says, right, let's go to Rome. Some crazy old man's trying to take over the Senate. Let's go and get rid of him. All of his generals say, we can't march on Rome apart from one loyal general. Right. But most of the soldiers are all up for it. <laughs> so they go anyway. <laughs> Drunk, angry soldiers. Yeah. yeah why not? They, so they march on Rome um, and Marius goes, oh dear. <laughs> Let's go. So he says to his followers, let's get out of here. Um, and Sulla turns up at Rome, and this is a, one of these brilliant stories. Sulpercius, 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 Sulpercius was betrayed by one of his slaves, hoping to win his freedom, and told Sulla where he was hiding. So they get him, Sulpercius, and execute him. So what does Sulla then do to the slave? See, again, he could set him free or kill him. Now, I'm guessing a like, trick question would be, you know, he, he probably killed him. Oh, oh. Let him go. Let him go, killed him, let him go. Let him go. Killed him. You'll be pleased to know you're right. Yes! Because he let him go. Yay! And then killed him. Oh, goodness <laughs> Oh, he's a free man, so he's not yes. property. Oh, he said, well done, you are free. <laughs> but now you're a citizen of Rome, I'm going to execute you for betraying your master. Oh my goodness. And chucked him off a cliff. What a git. <laughs> yeah, Sulla was not a nice man. He was an efficient man, but he was not a nice man. So, he's there just was an excuse, isn't he? What there was then a bloodbath. Basically, he kills as many Marius followers as he possibly can. Right. Um, Blood runs in the streets, and then they hop on their ships and go off to find Mithridates. Rome's now empty, so Marius and his followers go, oh, let's go back. So they all go back. And when they get to Rome, there's blood in the streets. They kill all of the Sulla supporters that, supporters that they can. Yeah. They're chopping <laughs> off heads, they're putting them on spikes in the forum. It's a bigger bloodbath. It's... So then, after a few years, oh, Marius becomes consul at this point for the seventh time, which was yeah. a prophecy, apparently, he got when wow. he was younger. Probably not true. Yeah. Um, I would but say that. he died two weeks into his consulship, okay. just of either old age or this illness that he might have had. So he dies, but one of his um, supporters, um, Cinna, becomes hmm. um, the consul, or the main man in charge. After a few years... Sulla comes back after fighting for Mithridates and attacks Rome and Again. kills all of Marius's followers. Oh my goodness. There's a bloodbath. It's going backwards and forwards. Basically, it was not a good time to be alive. Or in Rome. Or in Rome. If you were a Marius supporter, you probably died. If you were a Sulla supporter, you probably died. How would they know? I mean, did, would you wear, well, like, T-shirts or...? Maybe they did. Maybe like, would you wear, like... I grass, was Sulla. Like fake grass crowns is like a... Maybe. I like that idea. I like the idea of like Sulla t-shirts. Yeah. I'm with him. Yeah. Stand next to Sulla. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sulla's face. Yeah. So, 
you asked about how they knew who supporter yeah. was. That was actually a question the Senate asked. Ooh. When Sulla came back, he started killing people off, like they were doing. Yeah. Um, and one of the senators very bravely went, we'd quite like to know who you're going to kill. <laughs> because, you know, we've got dinner plans. <laughs> I want to know how much food to get in. Yeah, I want, I want to, like, you know, ask my caterers. I don't know if they support you or not, so... Yeah, so... somewhere else. It, it was a tricky time. So, Sulla, ever the pragmatist, went, all right then, and put a list up in the forum. That's honest. Yeah, it's honest. So he basically said, anyone who kills any of these guys, I'll reward you with money. Nice. And so then people could come and add to the list if they knew that Ooh. they were a Marius supporter. So obviously people were coming up and just going, yeah. My neighbour Jeff, he's a bit of a... Jeff, he... Jeff is Latinus, he's a bit of a... He yeah. loved Marius, he loved him so yeah. much, and he's also got a really nice house that I yeah. like to and his, his, his wife as well, and three, yeah. three oxen. Yeah, but mainly he was a Marius supporter, so a lot yeah. of that went yeah. on. <laughs> now, two more names, last two names we're going to talk about. Oh, when Sulla landed in Italy, yeah. a young general called Pompey decided to join him. Heard of him. Pompey. He was only 23, but he raised three legions and just went and joined Sulla. Completely illegally. He wasn't supposed to. He mm. got called Pompey the Great after that. Some people think it was an ironic name that Sulla gave <laughs> him. Just like, oh, look at this great 23-year-old. But some people yeah. think he impressed Sulla so much okay. that he was Pompey the Great. Anyway, by the end of his life, he certainly earned the great thing. He did achieved a lot. And again, we've got to gloss over a lot of that. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, a right. name on that list was Gaius Julius Caesar. I've not heard of him. He's a he's a little known Roman. Is he? Okay. He is. Uh, but he was. Maybe on, we should do some more about him one day. He was on the conscription list, so he was on those lists to be killed. Because um, Marius was a relation by marriage to him. Fortunately, his um, family managed to convince Sulla not to kill him off. So he lived. But he did have to do a bit of running away for a while. Um, hopping from house to house, hoping that Sulla followers didn't find him. So wow. that was an exciting part of his life. Now, I could talk about Julius Caesar all day, but I'm going to skip to the end. He had an exciting life involving pirates, <laughs> um, which I love that bit. Yar. Yeah. I, look, I, I hope they're like 1700s sort of pirates. Yeah, they were just like that. They were very advanced for their age, those hey, pirates. Hey there, Julius. Yes, I said, <laughs> said I'd skip to the end. I had to get the pirates in. <laughs> um, Sulla died. Well, sorry, Sulla became dictator for life. Okay. The first dictator for life. Dictator, if you remember, was only for six-month periods yes. to sort things out. But this was, fine, you're in charge for life. Sulla, in his eyes, solved all the problems, got rid of the tribunes, the oh plebs, um, no longer could you have the veto, so the um, arguments would stop. He thought he'd sort it out mm. by using bloodshed. Ooh, never works. Well, yeah, it doesn't work very well. But then he retired and he died. He actually retired from being a dictator. He retired. That's quite impressive. It, yeah, it is impressive. He retired and restored the Republic. So, the very quick version is Pompey becomes very popular and a famous general. Caesar becomes very popular and a famous general. Oh dear. Yes. The two of them don't hugely see eye to eye, although it's more the Senate that doesn't see eye to eye with Caesar, oh, yeah. and they get Pompey on side. So you've yeah. got the Senate and the Republic on one side, and then you've got Caesar. Now, Caesar doesn't want to bring down the Republic. He just wants what's due to him in his eyes, which is to be 
what's known as the first man in Rome. Basically, everyone will see him as being the best. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's just ego. Yeah, it's all ego. Yeah. So he <laughs> wanted to be the best, and he was forced into a position where he either had to give himself up and be exiled, or he had to defeat the Senate and Pompey. He decided to defeat the Senate and Pompey. Yeah. The final battle is actually in Greece, not in Italy. Ooh. Because they moved the theatre of war. There's been so much war in Italy for so long, <laughs> the people were just fed up with the, war. They the, went, the let's ground go. so soaked with blood. Well, yeah, pretty much. They went, well, we can't grow plants anymore. <laughs> let, let's, go, let's go over to Greece. We'll fight over there. Big battle, long of the short of it is Caesar won the battle. Ooh, okay. Pompey Didn't runs that. Pompey runs off to Egypt and has his head cut off. Nice. By Cleopatra's brother. Ah. Yeah. They think that that will please Caesar. Caesar's not happy about that because Pompey was a consul of Rome and he might have been his enemy, but he was still better than these Egyptians. Yeah. Yeah. So then after a while, Caesar goes back to Rome and is declared dictator for life, oh. just like Sulla was. This is when he thinks he's won. Everything's brilliant. And then, full circle, we go back to Brutus. <gasps> the guy the, that killed the, the person, king, last king. He killed the last king. He killed the last king, and his descendant, Brutus, is convinced yeah. to lead a rebel group. It wasn't actually him in charge of the group. There was another Brutus called Decimus Brutus, who was closer to Caesar, who was um, in charge with a few other people. Right. Um, but Brutus was the figurehead yeah. because of the ancestry, right. basically. Um, they decide to kill him in the Senate house in front of everyone so it doesn't look like murder. They're freeing the Republic from a dictator who won't give up the throne. So they kill him. They stab Et him. Et tu Brute. Et tu Brute. They kill him. They kill him dead. Kill him right in the in the face. They kill him till it hurts. Oh, that's, that's what they do. It's a lot of killing. This leaves a power vacuum. Yes. The Senate's broken. It was defeated. There's no big general anymore. No. Pompey's dead. Caesar's dead. Yeah. So what you're left with is a broken Senate surrounded by Brutus and... Um, and the people you probably don't trust. Yeah, people you don't trust. You've Sorry. got Cicero there, which is a, a huge figure that we've not gone into. No. Uh, but he doesn't want the power. He's not in a position to take the power. Um, and then you've got factions of people who followed Caesar. Yeah. The biggest being Mark Antony. Oh, yes. He is the most likely person to succeed. Yeah. He thinks he's going to succeed until they read Caesar's will. Oh dear. Caesar had written this will not long before he was killed, and he named a little-known person, a little-known relative called Octavius as his son, adopted son after he died. This Octavius... <gasps> I know him! ...would later be known <gasps> as... Augustus! And he is the first emperor of oh, Rome, so... That's beautiful. We finally get there. That is... A very brief overview of the history of Rome up until the first yeah. emperor. Now this this boy, we'll go into this a lot more next week, but this boy, no one was expecting him to do no. anything. And he manages to go from this child to the first emperor of Rome and is widely seen as the best. Although mm. we are going to decide whether that's true. Well, it's weird because you'd think that you know, somebody named after a month of the year probably would <laughs> do very well he had very no, cool parents don't you think he did it's what, see what I realised about that is before this I assumed that 
you know, Caesar, the title of Caesar and Emperor, they're all the same. I didn't and I didn't get that there were two very different things, like the Republic and the Empire. Yes, and, no. And that's fascinating. Well, actually, I thought we were going to talk about Caesar, but we're not. No, we won't be covering Caesar because he was never an emperor, but he is considered the birth of the Empire. Yes. Or more, the instigator of the death of the Republic, whereas his adopted son is the first emperor. So as much as I'd love to do an episode on Caesar, he wasn't actually an emperor, so we're not oh. going to do him. Do you think we'll have any listeners now? So I tune in just for Julius Caesar. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they like, downloaded um, this for nothing. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Maybe we should have said that at the start. Nah, t- no. no, at least they listen to all. <laughs> That's a good point. So right now, we're going to go away for a week. We're going to do some research about Augustus. Yep. Find out about him, and then next week we are going to start rating on those categories that we mentioned earlier. Definitely, definitely. I want to say thank you for listening. Um, please uh, download next podcast for um, Roman Emperors Totalis Rankium. Um, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and anything else that we've got. So I'm sure you'll find it to that. And we'd also like to thank the Rex Factor, obviously, because. We didn't feel right doing this podcast where we're obviously stealing their format without their permission and they have very kindly said that they're more than happy for us to rank Which is a members. fantastic legally binding verbal contract. It so, is. So hopefully no cease and desist orders. Thank you. No, it's, it's ours now. We've got it. Yes. Ours. <laughs> but thank you very much. It's a fantastic podcast. Please download the Rex Factor. It's very good. Um, it's very I've enjoyed good. listening to it since you've introduced me to it. So thank you. Okay, so until next week... Goodbye. Goodbye.